This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose, sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, and welcome to Transcend with Nat. This is Nat, and I'm your host today. Uh, This episode, I actually had polled excerpts on um, many months ago, uh, even before my best friend passed away, Eric, and somehow in the mix of uh, moving and of him passing away and and all the things that came in my life, uh, this episode got pushed aside um, in favor of other episodes. But I came across my little notes that had the, the time codes for the excerpts. And so I thought I'd do it now because it, it applies just as much and, and actually even more so now. Uh, and I, I have a, a sense that it's going to continue to apply um, going forward in our world. And the excerpts I pulled are from my teacher, John Rogers, seminar called What is Spiritual Fascism and Totalitarianism? And I think it's a great seminar that really explores uh, the dynamics um, because we get to choose, regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of what governments or the crowds on social media are doing, we have a choice in how we choose to approach our fellow human beings in our lives um, in ways that create greater connection, greater loving, um, or create greater dissension and separation. And so that's always our choice. And Obviously, I would suggest uh, that it would be nice. And for those in my life, I demand it more and more that the people around me, I want them to be loving and going for health and joy and expansion and caring of our fellow human beings. And I'm not really so interested in engaging at this point as much as I can avoid it, because I too get caught, just like all the rest of us, in the games of life. The, the negative powers, uh, very clever, a little clever individual there, or being or, or energy field, or however you look at it. And uh, I just see it that, you know, it's a constant moving towards that focus and realigning, um, shifting gears when we find that we're, we've stepped off of our purpose, off of our path, and off of those things that are leading to that greater understanding of others, the greater empathy towards others, and the greater being the light that we want to experience and see in the world. Um, So let's get going with this seminar with the first excerpt, What is Spiritual Fascism and Totalitarianism? Here we go. Which brings me to the thing that I want to address more specifically tonight. And I want to call this two names. One, I want to call it Spiritual Fascism and Spiritual Totalitarianism. Those, well, I'm going to explain it. Both of those terms, totalitarianism and fascism, I am going to group as one 
where one or two people tell everyone else what to do and are able to enforce that at the expense of taking their life or the threat on their life. And there are many groups, peoples across this world, and we get to see them quite often, especially if you go to certain type of buildings, where the threat of your very existence is laid on the line if you do not follow certain precepts, certain type of doctrine that are laid down. And if you deviate from it even a little bit, they have the self-righteous feeling to stone you or kill you or crucify you in the name of saving you from that dastardly thing you're doing. That's totalitarianism. My way or no way. Movement of spiritual inner awareness is almost the antithesis of that. It's called do it however you want to do it. Do it however it works. You may have to experiment around a little bit to find the way. So there we have a little bit of an introduction to what we're going to be discussing here. And I think that it's very... Uh, it's, it's very prevalent in the world today would be an understatement. And if you look throughout history, it's, it's really nothing new. I'd say the intensity level at this point is quite high. Um, but this is, is nothing new. And often, I mean, any person in power who wants more power, any leader, any government that wants more power or whatever form of governance and... Uh, ruling parties that you may have had through history, they know that fear is the way to um, consolidate more power. And so one of the things, um, and to seed separation between different groups, and, and that's, it's a very simple playbook and um, something that we definitely see going on in our world today. And for me, that's like, that's just a pretty normal uh, approach on a, a longer time frame, on a historic time frame. And what's, what's interesting is that if you look, the, the reasons for the, the separation, the reasons for um, to be afraid or, or to uh, look at your neighbor is something less or to look down on them, that, those reasons have been shifting recently, but um, there always seems to be a reason why we need to create more separation, why one group is not good um, or is not as morally righteous as another group, as our group, of course. Um, and so it just creates these seeds of separation, which is a great... It's a great ground to plant the seeds of fascism and totalitarianism. So let's go to the next one. This is a happy episode, huh? <laughs> oh, here we go. And if you go to deviate out of that, people come on you in terms of moralistic self-righteousness. Moralistic self-righteous. There's no reason... Inside, they're right, they feel self-right, and they have a moral value point of view, either in a book or a scripture, or dad said so, or maybe I can make a buck off it, 
to bring you back into line so that you'll perform certain things certain ways. That's spiritual fascism. Well, that just goes uh, more into depth with the point that I was starting to get into, which I really appreciate how JR said it, this moralistic self-righteous. And I don't go on social media so much anymore. Um, I just have found that it's better for my life, for my health, for my joy, uh, just to not be there. Um, because one of the things you, that is so prevalent there is moralistic self-righteousness, and it's easy to get into. Um, I mean, if you're feeling self-righteous, um, that you're right, that your view is right, and morally right, as opposed to others, and you are um, expressing that in a way of trying to uh, stick it to the others, trying to beat them over the head with it, or even trying to force them into your point of view, um, then you're involved in this type of individual spiritual fascism or totalitarianism. Um, and that's something that is really not going to solve whatever issue that you're seeing out in the world. Um, now, the world really is a great reflection for our own inner awareness and where we are inside of us. So if you're viewing things as bad and wrong, if you're viewing others as morally inferior to your views and in such a way where whatever's happening to them is justifiable, um, then you know, that's, that's what this is talking about. So, you know, check yourself. You know, we all need to check ourselves right now uh, because I'm just seeing it. I'm seeing it run rampant. I'm seeing it run rampant in um, spiritual circles just as much as any other circle uh, where there's this level of judgment. And hey, you know, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, what's, what triggers us into that reptilian brain is fear, is one of the big ones. And, you know, when you are constantly bombarded with these messages of this thing that you can't see to be afraid of, which is ultimately that fear that you may die from this unseen force, which you could go throughout history and, and see different versions of this, notably in the Catholic Church throughout history and other religions throughout history. And now, you know, we're talking about a virus, and I'm not saying it's justified or not. I'm saying that when you move into the fear, you lose the higher functioning of your higher reasoning, uh, and you move into that more reptilian brain. And in that state, it's a lot easier to control people, and it's a, it's a lot easier to move into that moralistic self-righteousness. And so, you know, I've come on here a lot talking about, you know, get right with yourself towards death. Fear of death or, has been one of the, the big ones. It's a, a big fear, um, and it's a natural fear. And when people abuse that in terms of using that fear as a way to manipulate opinion and, and things of that nature, you're moving into that fascist totalitarianism type of approach 
to existence. So let's go on to the next excerpt. I go back and listen to the tapes to find out what went on so I can correct my life. It isn't just enough. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God, we follow somebody who makes mistakes. You're also following somebody who learns from their mistakes too. That's the difference. See, most people will make a mistake and won't own up to it. And you know, they're as dumb two hours later as they were when they made the mistake. And others will make the mistake and say, I made the mistake. And you know, they're smarter now than they were when they made the mistake. Who do you want to be around? The one that knows they made a mistake and they're correcting it and moving on. Because they're intelligent people. And they know that this level is going to have that type of process in called making mistakes. After you make a mistake, the totalitarian point of view is you're damned and you go to hell. And you're not forgiven because you stepped out of whatever is forgiven you and that's it. And the movement, you make a mistake, we say, get up and get going. You don't have too much time to waste with that. Why? Because there's more opportunity of spirit coming forward all the time because God, the pure essence giver of spirit, is always giving it regardless. It's an ongoing thing. I think that's a great message of hope, <laughs> finally, so that we can get to something uh, a little bit more hopeful here in this episode. But that, that, that hope of, and that not just hope, but it's present right now, and it's present always, is that that spirit, that, that divine essence is always giving opportunity. And so what's that mean about mistakes? Well, hey, number one I heard in there was, learn from them. If you step in the pothole uh, once and twist your ankle, like, hey, watch out, don't step in that same pothole again, because it's still right there. How we relate to ourselves with making mistakes, and how we relate to others, because there's others out there, they're making mistakes. Hey, I, I might be wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, I'm sharing what, what's true for me, but also I may be wrong about a lot of my personal opinions. And so, of course, I don't think I am. <laughs> Who thinks they're wrong? If you think you're wrong, then why would you hold that opinion? But it's still just an opinion, and I recognize that, that yeah, I may be wrong, and it's okay if I'm wrong. It's all right with me because I, I can forgive myself, I can move on, I can learn from that. So there's really nothing wrong if I can learn and grow from it. And also also allowing others to be wrong and having compassion. That story of the prodigal son in the Bible, uh, which can also be looked in a psychological framework of, of that part of us that goes out and does whores and does the things that are less than... Uh, morally righteous and then the other part that stays home and sits there is our, our judge of that part and then we have that conflict inside of us and you can see people projecting that out into the world as well and it's like well what are we doing with that prodigal son what are we doing with those who we see as off base or wrong are we approaching them with compassion and understanding are we listening or are we just yelling because all I'm hearing a lot of out there and seeing, which is why I just don't really participate that much, and I have a podcast where I can talk without anyone talking back. <laughs> so 
<laughs> it makes it real simple, guys. And uh, of course, I might get letters, but at the same time, um, having that that kindness, that empathy of the mistake that that's part of this level is that um, we make mistakes to learn and grow from them. And, and as we turn from those mistakes, as we grow and learn from them and learn not to repeat them, that that becomes our wisdom rather than uh, beating people on the head for every mistake they may have ever made looking through the lens of the morals of today, uh, we could take a different approach inside of ourselves towards people that has greater compassion and understanding. So where they may have the opportunity and feel safe to move from the position. Uh, because what I've found is that when people feel attacked, they will move into a defensive posture. And there's not going to be really any bridging of, of viewpoints once you're in that position. You can see it in relationships. You can see it, I'm talking about like romantic, personal, marriage type relationships. And you can see it out in the world as well in terms of groups and things of that nature that when you're feeling attacked, you move into a more defensive posture. Whereas when you feel understood and heard, then that opens it for dialogue. And when you have questions and those questions are answered, then that that moves it into a different type of environment um, versus people just trying to not listen, but trying to tell you what to think or convince you of something. It, it really doesn't, it actually works against whatever it is you think you're doing when you add, it, it just adds to that dissension that adds to that separation when you are moving in that form of separation. So really, it is that you don't need to be against people. You don't need to be against them, regardless of how skewed you may view their views. You can recognize them and respect them. And as you extend that respect and caring and listening and allowing for these mistakes, allowing for your own mistakes, allowing for their mistakes, and not having the mistakes uh, mean anything about you as a person, uh, not over-internalizing any mistake in terms of your value or your worth or their value or their worth, that that is going to be a much healthier position from which to communicate with others and which to bridge the gaps. Now, of course, we're in a certain cycle in history. We're in, in a certain period of history where, you know, this train is going down its track and uh, there's not really that much, there's not that much to do besides understand that, you know, there's going, this, this has to be worked out in the way that it has to be worked out. And for those of you who can see that, you can understand what that means. And really, regardless of what you see out there, how you see it, you get to choose how you relate. And it really doesn't matter uh, how, how authoritarian different groups are, how, or different governments, or different things that you perceive, how on, e how on each other's cases or fighting different groups are with each other. You don't have to add 
to that level of disturbance. You get to choose how you want to relate to other people. And that means regardless of how they see or relate to you. Um, I'd like to say that it's easy. I'd like to say that um, it means that you'll be just fine in terms of not getting attacked or something. But regardless of what you do, and I think it was maybe it was a Dr. Seuss or something that said, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. There's another quote. I forget who said this. Uh, sorry to that originator, but rather be hated for what you are than love for what you're not. Being true in that integrity to yourself and what's true for you, not as an againstness, but as claiming what you are for, what is you're for in your life. And for me, that would be loving, that would be caring, that would be respect. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect at that. Remember, we make mistakes. So it's, it's finding and continuously going towards those lofty ideals that we hold, understanding that, you know, we will have plenty of opportunities to continue going towards that. So let's listen to the next excerpt. Whenever we gain that control, that one-upsmanship on someone else, and we do it through a whole lot of reasons and processes, and maybe we are smarter. Maybe, I mean, just maybe we are. But that's no reason to call the other person dumb, but it is reason to educate them. The one who does spiritual totalitarianism and spiritual fascism doesn't educate them, but keeps telling them how dumb they are and keeps them in that place. It's called labeling, pigeonholing them, and for the next 10 years, that dumb thing is run for 10 years, and they're stuck with that. And they can never grow and never change because they are having spiritual fascism run on them. Get up and run from those groups. If you feel like I do it to you, go. The doors aren't locked. My work with you is to bring you the information and knowledge of this and that it's going on and how it goes on and how it works and how people work it. So when somebody goes to do it on you, you stop it. And in the stopping of that, you both get to stand up and be free with each other and allow the spirit to come forward. So if that excerpt didn't fit in perfectly with what I was saying, I think that Jared really, he just communicates so well. I love listening to him. That's why he's my teacher. And why I lived and worked and traveled with him for so many years. I learned so much being next to him and how it really informed my view of the world and gave me so many experiences and, and different ways of seeing things. And, th and it really does lead to that point of, you know, are you labeling, are you um, pigeonholing people or are you allowing them to uh, grow to, are you educating them? And educating doesn't necessarily mean blasting them with your opinion, as we were saying before. But moving into that opportunity for growth and for and for your own education and and recognizing the reality that just because you hold one opinion doesn't mean it's right. Jerry used to say that to me all the time. He's especially when I, I first uh, was on his staff. I was young. I was in my 
teenage later teenage years still and of course had all that testosterone thinking I was all that I don't know if I learned quickly let's say eventually I learned but he used to say Nat the difference between you and me is you think that because you think it it's so and I think because I think it I thought it and it's that level of looking at yourself and your even your thinking and your opinions as just acknowledging them that they're that and it doesn't mean that they are so and so opening yourself to that level of learning and understanding how others see things and it does come into an energetic spot i find where when there is that level of attack and againstness and just this underlying energy that comes through in the communication it can be really difficult to really have a conversation um, but when two people who have differing views hold the other person with respect and caring for who they are beyond what they think and their opinions and when you have two people who are doing that uh, then they can discuss things and things they disagree on and even walk away with disagreements but still have that great respect for each other and that's something that i see is lacking especially in the communications that i see online is that it's so easy because it is so detached um, from that one-to-one -one communication but even in that we can become detached i think it's just really important to remember and to relate to each individual as that spark of the divine is within them and also recognizing uh, that yeah the behaviors can really not reflect that at times and and choosing for your life being that example of that loving of that joy of that caring and understanding and willingness to listen so that people do feel heard rather than hurt All right, let's go to the next one regardless come to the freedom inside of you who you are you are created in the very image of the creator come to that place if it were so easy to get to you'd already have been there so I know it's a challenge but what else is there worthwhile everything else below that decays and falls away and so you might as well shoot for the permanence and the permanence is that essence of us and it is not totalitarian nor is it fasciist it is free and loving and supporting and caring and sharing and uplifting and holding people to a greater light and a greater ability and it may be that you have to tell them that they got something wrong with them so they'll correct it so they can get to the next level it may mean all that but you know what loving is it is caring and sharing and telling the person but it's also standing back and giving them some tools to work with so they can correct it if it's correctable have you found out that most of you already know your faults and your weaknesses and one or two of your strengths <laughs> your weaknesses are your strengths 
being used against you. The more weaknesses you have, the more strength potential you've got. Hallelujah. <laughs> Why, if we were in a great church here, we'd have so many amens and hallelujahs in there. This place would just fall down. But how do I get these weaknesses to strength? By not protecting them and keeping them weak. Oh, yeah, you mean I got to tell somebody about that? No. No, you don't have to tell anybody about anything. Go inside of you to that place where you think nobody can get, and that doesn't exist because we're all there anyway. <laughs> that's the good news and that's the bad news because somebody may have a big mouth and shoot it out here. Of course, if they do, your weakness is discovered. There's no need to protect it. Now you use it as a strength. So what was a curse is now a blessing. When they went to smite you, they lifted you up. It happens if you're able to use every blasted single individual thing to your advantage. I do things with people that I've never done before, and I do it with such a gusto, with such a hundred percent. They say, you must have been doing this for centuries. I say, that's the first time. It's the first time. It may be the last time. It may be one of many. I don't know. But I'm going to do the thing because if I don't do it a hundred I have a weakness going. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Am I going to think about it? No, because my thinking gets screwy. Am I going to see how I feel about it? No, because my feelings don't have any intelligence in them. All my feelings tell me is what I'm feeling about what's going on, and it doesn't tell me that what's going on is accurate. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> I feel you don't like me. No, that's not true. I love you. Oh, I wonder how I got that other feeling. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you got it, but it didn't come from me. So I'm really chuckling inside because I'm not looking ahead to what the next excerpt is. I haven't been up until this point. And it seems that I'm preempting uh, what JR is saying. And, and somehow uh, we're on the same same line here and it's pretty amazing usually i play the excerpt and then i'm commenting on the excerpt but it seems on this last one i was uh, commenting on the excerpt before i played it but i i think that jr just laid it out you know i i put it my way jr's putting it in just an extraordinary way and one of the key points though in that um, besides what he was talking about in terms of <clears throat> remembering the essence of who you are and remembering that. But the other thing was to use everything for your advantage. Use everything, everything that's going on. And then he reiterated the thing that I was talking about, just how um, just because you think it doesn't make it so, you know, and, and he did it in that humorous way about your feelings are just telling you what you're feeling. Um, so let's let's go on to the next excerpt here, and uh, maybe I'll comment on this one after the fact <laughs> instead of before. So here we go. Now, you know, smart questions, you don't have to ask. You already know the answer. <laughs> it's the dumb ones that you've got to ask because you don't know the answer. So I figured, well, here comes dumb Hinkins out right now. So I asked the guy, well, why are you doing this? He says, well, because I feel irritation. 
I said, well, I didn't feel it, and I'm standing here between you. He says, well, he wasn't, he wasn't talking to you. I said, yeah, he was. He's talking to the whole group. Let's forget the irritation. Let's just deal with the facts. Opinions went just like that, and information came in that we all started working and processing. Prior to that moment, spiritual fascism started going on. Who's going to control the information and force it and demand it against reality? We had to let it go long enough to find out if one could do it or not. Well, you know, with me, I don't like that. It's like, hey, come on, everybody has a chance to speak God's truth. It may take you a while to find out what it is, but you got the chance when you get it. And when you hear it, something inside of you hears it. And it may not be your ears nor anything else, but the place that knows truth hears truth. And the place that knows nonsense knows nonsense when they hear it. And the place that knows honesty knows deceit when it comes in. We do know that. I think there's something really uh, interesting in, in that one that we can see today, and that is asking the dumb questions versus the fascism approach of controlling information and demanding against reality and and that and that we have an inner we have an inner fact checker uh, we don't need those other fact checkers we got an inner fact checker and now some sometimes we get out of touch with that but when you hear truth you know truth you may not you may not follow that there may be reasons and ways that uh, you can convince yourself otherwise and it happens all the time. We see it out there a lot. But there is a, an inner knower within us. And the allowance of each person to really speak the truth as they know it is, a, is, an, important, is an important aspect of communication. Now, one of the things he brought up is putting aside the, the emotions and just deal. let's deal with some facts here. And that's something that is really effective in communication as well when someone's really getting worked up or there's a lot of emotionality that that's riding on the information is you can just say look i really want to hear what you have to say it's really important but i'm having a hard time hearing it with the emotions on it it's hard for me to hear it so can you take the emotion off of it and can we just discuss it without the emotion? That's something that sometimes can be very effective. Not everyone's able to just remove the emotions off of it, but it, it definitely, I have found, can be a very effective method, especially when you're letting them know, hey, like, I really do. And you can't, like, fake this. Like, you, it's like, hey, I want to hear. I want to have that connection. I want to have this discussion. It's just I'm not able to to really hear what you're trying to tell me because of the emotion that's on it. And that's a fair thing to share with people. So that that's something that I, I found valuable in that excerpt. So let's go on to the next excerpt. And it's not okay to agree and then unilaterally change your agreement without letting the other person know. That builds separation and loneliness 
And then you get to sit in your mind, back in your emotions, back in your hate snake pit, and run spiritual fascism out at the other person. But you know something? If they're being loving and open, it goes out so far and comes back and you feel twice as bad as when you started. Now that's called stupid. <laughs> if it's bad enough just thinking it once, forget it. Don't think it twice. But what do we do? Over and over and over. Why? You think it's going to get better? You go over the theme because you're going to, it's going to get better. <laughs> no, it's just getting familiar. What you're doing is you're running it into the unconscious and it's never going to get cleared. 20 years from now, that part will be running you without you knowing it. And that's then spiritual fascism running you out of your unconscious. And then you go see psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, somebody who hopefully, why don't you go see a politician? And maybe they can do it for you. Well, some people look at you as a political person. Some people look at you as teeth. Well, it depends on your occupation. Some people look at you as opportunity, knocking, hopefully. <laughs> Most of the time they're not. They've got their hands in their pocket waiting. That waiting is the death of the human race. Because we are not designed as a waiting principle. Have you noticed we're impatient? Oh, I'll wait if I can have it tomorrow. But it better be here one minute after midnight. And if it isn't, and if it isn't, oh, if it isn't, wait a minute, don't be impatient. Wait, maybe it'll be there. Oh, right, that's I was being impatient, wasn't I? Yeah. See the old thing called let go and let God? It's been around a long time, right? And I've told you how to work it. And it works. You know, let go means relax. So you go, let God means be patient. You go, hurry. <laughs> so, so that was a great excerpt um, with all Jared's humor about all this. And within that, in the middle of there, there, there was the key. Then it really is just called be loving. Also, let go and relax. But that's, that's the simple approach is just to be loving. Um, and that can move, move so much and change so much. People see you how they see you, but just move into that, that loving essence of who you are. All right, let's go on to the next excerpt. Things that I did with this body before I was able to use it with the traveler consciousness are still in here because I didn't have the wit to get them out. And they still keep kicking around and kicking around. But I'm worth enough inside of me to go to somebody who's the best that I know of in that area to get it back in line so I'll pay attention and get it right and stop the nonsense. The spiritual exercises the upper part of that and the healing is on the bottom part of that in this world and if we can get them together ha darn we got something really nice we not only are holistically present 
But we're spiritually free. Liberation doesn't happen until you're off the planet. But you're spiritually free to allow anybody to run their spiritual fascism, their spiritual totalitarianism, and you don't support them. You let them run them when they get through. You say, anything else? Anything else? They go, no, aren't you going to follow that? No. Well, why not? See you later. I have some things to do now. You don't even have to enter the debate. You don't have to enter the argument. All you have to do is take command of the energy of who you are, take back the power that's been given away to bad habits, bad approaches, wishful thinking, hallucinating, illusions, whatever it was that you did that you gave it away. Find out how, what your giveaway method is. Find out what it is. How you sell yourself out. How you sell yourself down. When two people are loving each other in that close, intimate, sexual, emotional, mental, spiritual thing, there is nothing more pleasing in the sight of God. Nothing. We know that. That's why we seek continually that supreme relationship. We seek it. But we seek it after perfection, and it's not here. But we can seek it after excellence and use each one to tell us how to make it better and better and better. So there was some really beautiful keys in that one. When Jerry was talking, first off, he did go get help from all sorts of people that he found valuable in his life. And he said that that healing in the world, that's the bottom part. And the spiritual exercises, that's the upper part. And to do those together is to create, is to have and live in that spiritual freedom. And I really look at those things, and we talk about that a lot here is that higher, that attuning into the higher levels, the higher vibrations through spiritual exercises, and then the healing of the, in the world at the bottom. And part of that is where he was talking about find your giveaway method and, and bringing that forgiveness of the judgments and, and work on taking back that energy. And he brought up an idea that like when people run their spiritual fascism on you, you don't have to support it. You don't even have to give energy into it. And isn't that amazing? I mean, can you imagine? Like, people are running all their opinions and their this and, and all their stuff on you, regardless of what side they're on or what side anyone's on. And it just doesn't land inside of you and create disturbance inside of you. And you're just in this free loving state inside of you that is just moving out into the world that this this energy is just coming forward from you and and you don't even it doesn't even bother you inside it's not like you have to fight it inside of you or do anything you you're in this state because you have tuned into that through the, the healing work you do in the world on the bottom, through the spiritual exercises on the top level, so that when people are, are engaged in this, it's just like, okay, okay, thanks, next. And then you just move on. You're not giving energy into it. Because that's, that's one of those things where I think that people get caught, and I do too, is that 
we give energy to it inside of ourselves. And, and Jared did talk about that in the imaginations and the bad habits and the addictions. We can give energy to these things, but when you stop giving energy to them, they, they go away. They don't have the energy. It's only because we keep giving energy and fighting people and fighting these opinions or taking sides versus just moving into that awareness inside of you and living from that there are two different approaches and it's just such a a more free approach if you want to be free inside to have that freedom where it allows people to run the fashion fascism or not and you're just peaceful inside and you're just not even giving it the time of day in a sense inside of you where you're just moving along your direction. And it's almost like just you're watching your show and there happens to be an advertisement on TV that's on in the background because you're doing something else and then you're back to your show. And it's like you're, you're on your focus in your life. You're on your focus of, of expansion, of loving. And these other things, they come into your awareness, but they just don't affect you they don't affect that inner peace that you have and i'm not saying that we are always in that place i mean it can be challenging when when we because we have these things that we've given away our energy with and so as we work to find the giveaway method and then bring that back into the the alignment and then that we choose those relationships. That was the last thing is we choose those relationships, those supreme, those loving relationships and knowing there's not perfection, but that we can keep improving and going for excellence and knowing that the relationships are all inside of us. Then that really brings the responsibility inside of us to build these beautiful relationships with loving inside of ourselves. Okay. Let's go to the next excerpt. This physical world, listen carefully, at its best is not too good. It's decaying all the time. Inside of this physical world called this body and these emotions to let me sense this world and this mind to help direct my body through this world resides the essence of me, which is you which is all of us. And that's why when we're in that place, we withdraw immediately from hurting anybody for gain of any kind. But at the same time, love must teach its message. And the teaching of the message is often harsh. When you slap a child's hands when it's going to burn itself, you say, no, and this child's scared. It was love that didn't want the child scalded and burned that pulled it back. When the child goes to run out in the street and you grab it and you pull it back, you say, don't, come back. And the child starts yelling and screaming because they're terrified. It was love that reached out and terrified them to save them. But do you think the kid thinks so? Love comes in all shapes and forms and disguises. And so does spiritual totalitarianism and spiritual fascism. And I've given you a lot of looks here tonight. And you can probably go away from this and find many more that I haven't even touched on. But don't use that to beat somebody with it. 
Just note it, observe it. That's what they're doing. And don't participate in it. They have to stop before too long. They can only participate with you as long as you give energy back into it. Have you ever noticed that when somebody hangs up on the phone, you stop talking in it? <laughs> as soon as they stop participating, you may say, yeah, well, goodbye to you too. Then you feel like a fool because you know they're not there. But then you were the fool before you felt like it. So it's okay. But I tell you, talking to a lot of people about spiritual things is like yelling into a phone when the person's hung up. They don't get the message. The message is we are whole, complete in the spirit. We are not whole, complete mentally, emotionally, and physically. We are in the state of making that more excellent to utilize it to go across this planet in our spiritual perfection. And there's going to be a lot of things in this world we aren't going to like from the mental, emotional, civil, political points of view. And we cannot change it through anarchic or totalitarian approaches. We can only change it through the spiritual freedom that we will present inside of ourselves to others. It becomes contagious. But if you stand up and rail at people that they're not being spiritually free, you're running spiritual fascism on them. But if you sit and can explain to them how it works, they'll get it for themselves. Have you noticed we always do? There's a great deal of information in that last excerpt. I, I love the part about just hang up the phone. Because have you noticed when you hang up the phone, people stop talking? And so that part about don't beat people over the head with it. Just observe that that's what's going on. Don't participate in it. Don't give it energy. Because when you hang up the phone, and so it's that, that metaphor of like if, if that's how people are coming at you, energetically inside of you just hang up the phone because then there's nothing nowhere for them i mean they can keep talking but there's there's it's just not hitting anywhere it's not coming inside of you and you can just stop participating and move into that spiritual message that we are whole and complete and so are they and we're not our bodies we're not any of that and I just love what he said. You know, we're not going to like what's going on in the politically and in the world and all of that. But you don't change it through force. You don't change it through that totalitarian approach, through that anarchic approach. You change it through the spiritual, the spiritual freedom inside of you, which is that energy that when you tap into, as we keep talking about tapping inside, going inside, tapping to that energy that is within you, you can call it loving, you can call it God. You're not railing on people, you're just moving into that place and letting that energy radiate out. And I know the mind goes, yeah, that's not, that doesn't work, that's nice, that's all la la la, but that's not how things change. That's not how things work. Well, if you're at study history, you can get a real sense of how things change in human nature and how things change in governance because it seems to me from the little bit that I understand and know that these things continuously move in these cycles. Uh, and so 
whatever you think you're changing about this world through force, through coercion, through totalitarian and fascist approaches, that's not the the method that actually moves and changes things. And as contrary to what we may rationally think in our minds, the way of change really is that tuning into that energy, allowing that energy to radiate, radiate out from us and move into this world. And those vibrations can change everything. And so let's go into we're getting towards the end here of these excerpts this may be the last one the importance that we have in this world is the importance we use of the energy that we have to move ourselves forward to assist more people the only question that we ever have on this planet that has any to me personally any validity is how do I more effectively and efficiently share the love, the wealth, the health, the happiness, the joy? That's the only question that I even care to address. Because that, when answered, is the ultimates of what we're here doing, is to answer that. What part can you play in it? Well, I can't do much, so I'll do nothing. That's the wrong approach. That's negative spiritual fascism. To withhold, it's as bad that way to withhold as it is to insist and make rigid the other way. And in between there resides the spirit of living and loving and caring and sharing. So that just sums it up. That's the only question. How do I more effectively and efficiently share the love, the wealth, the health, the happiness, and the joy? That's all you need to know. That's that's all. That's all uh, we need to know. I mean, there's one more excerpt, so maybe there's something else we need to know. But <laughs> that, if you get that out of this episode, if you just get that one question to ask yourself, and and be on the lookout for the answer to that, and then live the answer of that. If if that's all. You and you don't listen to any more of these podcasts, you do nothing else, but you ask that question in your life, I will consider that that is a success because that's all you need is that question in your life. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there might be more. Uh, so let's finish this episode. All right, here we go. What's the last excerpt say? There's only one key ingredient you have to have, and that is be loving with them all the time. Let that be the ingredient that carries all your communication. At that point, you become an expert in life and in living. And at that moment, people want to put you on the pedestal and follow you, and then you become a spiritual, fascistic totalitarian guru hop off the pedestal don't let them do it to you it'll hurt too much when you fall our job is upliftment okay well I guess there was more it was the last key the one key 
the one key ingredient. So we had the, the only question, and now we have the one key ingredient, and that's to be loving. That's just the answer. This is always the answer. No matter where, how much confusion you get into, if you want to know the answer, it's very, very simple. It's called be loving. That's what I have for you today. Be loving. And how can you more efficiently and effectively share the love, health, wealth, happiness, and joy? God bless you all. Yourself. Come on, let it be, cause I'm free.